Knees and toes, knees and toes, head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes, head, shoulders, knees and toes. Why, hello, guys. My name's Alex. I'm the host of a ragingly unpopular podcast called The Alex Cast. Welcome, willkommen, other words that mean hello. Mm, shalom. Namaste. Eki, 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 patang, zoop, zi, wom, boing, and whatnot. That thing you say in Hawaii, which is the reason I said that other one, because I get, what do you say in Hawaii? Aloha. That's what I was thinking of. Aloha. <sighs> it's a late show. It's Friday night. Uh, the mood is right. We're going to have some fun. Show you how it's done, TGIF. That is from the TGIF lineup on whatever channel at Full House. I'm struggling this week, guys. I'm going to admit it to you. Um, this is going to be Revelations from Alex. I've had head, shoulders, knees, and toes stuck in my head uh, for a few days now because of an adorable incident I ran into the other day. I was going to start the show by singing George Michael's Faith, and then I remembered I don't really know the words to that song. I remember, uh, before this river becomes an ocean, before I throw my heart back on the floor, something, something, and then I was like, oh, I can't do that. And then I also realized that I don't have a good singing voice, as we all know. This is a new realization. But I do, uh, however, have people that listen every now and again. And I thought my shitty singing voice would be uh, more applicable towards singing songs for child audiences. That really went weird. That went a weird way, and I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. So, here's where I'm struggling. I don't know how to tell you any of this shit. I have been... I don't know how much I brought this to the show lately. I don't know how much I brought it to the show... When I was writing Periphery, the novel I wrote, available on Amazon.com. Periphery by Alex Bolin. I haven't sold a copy in close to two months, so if you haven't read it yet, maybe you should. Cheer me up. So, when I was writing Periphery, I went, you know, I can't really even tell you specific details, but in my, my memory, I would say I probably went a month without writing a word on it, um, or editing or anything. I just kind of ran into this wall of, I don't know what to fucking do. I kept printing it out and reading it and marking up printed copies when it was... When it was not in the form of she does. I, I should tell you how I wrote Periphery. So I wrote this, um, I had kind of the outline, sort of. Like, I sort of knew where the story went. I sort of knew, I mean, I knew the beginning the whole time. I knew, like, the first, like, if there's three acts, I knew the first act really well. Um, it was how to finish it was the problem. And some shit in the middle. But anyway, I wrote, like, this really kind of vomit draft, I guess you'd call it. Uh, just trying to put all the scenes there, some of it written in kind of, Certainly not publishable wording, but, you know, um, complete sentences with, you know, um, conjoiners. Because, again, a joiner, things that connect statements between conjoiners, conjunctions, conjunctions. Yes. 
and sounding like, you know, kind of professional writing and other stuff, which is kind of slapdash lists of things and et cetera, et cetera. And um, so I, I had read it too many times and got really tired of it. And I just couldn't see the words anymore. You know, like it stopped making sense as actual work. It just became um, actual creative work. It became laborious. It became labor. You know, um, when I say laborious, I mean that in the very specific terminology. There's someone that I, um, every now and again, have a chance to talk to, um, and I use the term remarkable around them, and I mean it as, like, a thing that it's, like, the, kind of the root word of it, like, to be remarked upon, like, oh, that is, like, that is a thing that is so obvious that it is remarked upon, like, it is one of the more defining traits of the thing, you know, so it is thereby remarkable. So, in the way that something that's remarkable is something that uh, can be and is often remarked upon, uh, it had become laborious. It had actually been labor. There was no joy. I think people use laborious colloquially more often than not. Anyway, breaking down those words. And I struggled, and it ended up, probably because I kept printing it out and re-fixing things, it probably took, I don't know, I probably added an extra year on to the actual recording process of Periphery, which, let's face it, is not a great thing. You know, it's wasting a year. I could have done other things with it. So, um, the new book I'm working on, right now it's called Intentions. Um, I, I don't know how much I've talked about it on the show before, but that's a working title, but I can't think of anything better, so it might be the final title. Anyway, um, yeah, so I've been struggling on it. And uh, the problem is I just don't feel like writing, which is weird. Uh, this happens sometimes, and it's not like one of those kind of I'm blocked things. I Maybe mean, this is what being blocked feels like to me. It's one of those I just physically can't make myself sit down and write. Um, I am staring blank face. I'm 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 running into this invisible gossamer veil of effort where it's not even like I'm being lazy. It's that. I just can't make myself do it. I'm trying to find some metaphor to make this make sense. Because I don't know that this can make sense to someone that isn't, you know, that doesn't work in creative industries. Uh, not not that it, not, I hope that didn't sound like arrogant in some way. I just, I literally mean, I don't know if this is something that tracks to someone that needs to do, like, it's not, it's not the same thing as I really need to do dishes. I'm being lazy with my dishes right now. There's a, there's a stack in my sink. Uh, and that's being lazy. That's an entirely different thing. I just don't feel like doing dishes. Me not wanting to write isn't like I just don't feel like doing dishes. It's just a, I want to write. It's what I want to be doing, but it's the impetus isn't there. That The energy, the energy is lacking. So, I am struggling. Usually when I struggle, I do a few things. I print out the book, edit it by hand. I don't want to do that this time. I want to have a full draft before I edit it. It doesn't have to be a good draft, but I want to have a a readable first draft. You know, something, something not a first draft, a readable rough draft. Because this, this time I'm not doing like a vomit draft, like I was referencing with Periphery. What I have now, everything is, is readable. There's some stuff that says, this happens here, and I didn't get to writing it yet, but I want to have a full draft before I go back and edit it, before I print it out or whatever, or just go through and not write more, but just have a finished thing and then read it through like I am 
like I am an editor, you know, and I'm not the person that wrote it, you know, with this clean eye, so I don't waste time, but I'm struggling. So one of the things I do when I struggle is print it out, which I don't want to do in this book. The other thing I try to do is I try to do spiritual work. I try to meditate, try, you know, do some chaos magic stuff, read tarot, that sort of thing. And that's not working so well right now either. Well, there may have been a change yesterday, but we're going to circle around to that. So, I, um, yes, I'm struggling. And through that struggle, things start spiraling. And again, this is one of those things where I don't know how much understands, how much understands, how much is understandable to people that don't struggle with the same stuff I do. I'm pretty honest about it on the show. I haven't talked about it in a while. I'm not going to get into terrifically deep detail, but like I struggle pretty heartily with depression. Talked about it on the show enough. If you want to go back to early episodes, I'm sure I've described a significant amount of it. Um, my first book, The Void Sutras, uh, it's poetry and short stories. Um, and this one isn't, I, I referenced Periphery before as a cheap plug. Um, Void Sutras is not a cheap plug. This is a good descriptive of me at a kind of a darker state. And all those, all the pieces in there have kind of a darker tone to them, have a depressed ennui, have a um, torpor, just have this kind of, the you know, the idea of the, the collection is the gray state between works of art, you know, the void sutras, the, the things that happen between poems, between love affairs, between, you know, between the major things in life. And to me, that's, you know, a lot of that is kind of this low energy ebb. So if you want to know the depths of me being suppressed i don't know why you would but you can read the void sutures uh also available on amazon um yeah not i feel weird like kind of it sounds like a plug but it's just that's where you can find it go to alexcast.com and there's one of the little links at the top says books you can click there um so yeah so i'm struggling and my coping mechanisms aren't working and so when your coping mechanisms don't work well essentially i'm depressed so you have coping mechanisms one is the coping mechanisms of writing the other is, you know, spiritual work. The other is tarot. The other is wandering around pointlessly. Um, the other is talking to people. And those are pretty much how it happens. Now, unfortunately, where I found myself recently is I don't really have an active social group because, well, just because of a variety of things. It's just, you know, it's the way the world works. And, um, uh, you know, the writing's blocked and spirituality's blocked and wandering around is blocked. And, you know, it seems like a lot of the, the ways that we, the way that I, you know, kind of get myself back on track is gone so i've been working on things force myself to meditate force myself to do some magical work and when i say force myself again this is not one of those i made myself do the dishes kind of things this is a effortful like oh god the the like lifting the entire burden of your soul to um to produce and it's weird and i wish this made sense i think a lot of artists that are listening are annoyed because this is so obvious to them. You know, this is, of course I know that feeling. That is, that's, you know, that's the, that's the, that's what blocking feels like. That's what being blocked feels like. And I don't know if non-artists understand that. I'm sure, I'm sure you do. I'm sure there, I'm sure there's a thing like that. I just, it's weird because it's, it's so directly related to kind of an art slash spiritual output, which to me is pretty much the same thing. And not to get all cheesy, but you know, art is spirituality. You know, music is spirituality. These are these are the same things, just um, with you know different faces on. So, I've been struggling. Part of uh, what I do when I struggle is I go on walks, and I've referenced on the show before. I need to 
I would love to find clips of this. I don't think this would be possible. But, um, I'll make a little note. I'm going to write down a note, find clips. And uh, so if if at some point, like, around now, you, you it cuts out to me inserting a clip, um, that would be cool. But probably not. Anyway, I've talked about how when I go wandering, I try to, like, the, the, the part I'm referencing is I was meditating, and this was shortly after I had that weird Sekhmet thing I've told you guys about, that essentially I was meditating, got in a really deep meditative state, and had some kind of consciousness appear to me, and she called herself Sekhmet, gave me a message of some specificity, and showed me the sign that will be shown to me um, to prove that the message was true, the sign was shown, so, her fucking za, you know? Uh, that sounded, that sounded, well, that sounded like so sarcastic. I, I, no offense there, my dear Sekhmet. I, I, I do very much adore you and I thank you for, for talking to me. I was being dis discursive, which I don't know if that's the word, but it's the one I'm using because I've told the story so many fucking times on the show and I don't want to repeat it because, well, let's face it. I think most of you are people that have been listening for a while, so I don't want to, I don't want to bore you with the details, but you may remember that I was going on these walks and I found this strange bookstore on Division. Well, actually, I found two bookstores. One, I asked the universe to find me a bookstore and I found Bingo's Books, I think it was called. And I got these weird, strange, they, there was like this occult section. I got a book about, um, I found a Ram Dass book and I found some other, I found how to like increase your psychic powers. And one of those books had this um, uh, newspaper clipping from like 1980 something folded up inside of it about them finding Atlantis, which... As we know on the show, I love the Atlantis myth. So, again, just weird synchronicities. It made more sense at the time. Go back and listen. You know, I'm not going to find that clip. But one of the other things I found, I kept getting drawn to, if you know Portland, Southeast and uh, Southeast Division. And um, above 35th, there is, I keep going there. There's this old broken down porn theater. I don't know if it's still open. I've never been in. I've never actually been in a porno theater. I've zero desire to do that um this one i sort of want to go in because it's next to like this broken down old bar anyway it's just the exterior is so movie perfect it just it just it's the exterior shot is so perfect like it's this might not make sense to people that don't you know like i don't trust my reality like i i understand that i'm walking around in a broken machine this is a this a human animal is a flawed way of observing the world around it. We, do, we don't see into the full color spectrum. We don't hear very well. Uh, we can't really touch temperatures all that well. Like, you know, too cold hurts, too warm hurts. Uh, I can't think of any other senses. But yeah, we're, we're kind of suck at viewing the world. So I, I tend to distrust my senses. And a lot of stuff seems like, oh, this isn't... This is off, in a way. And it's the best way I can describe it. But that spot right there just feels right. Like, that's exactly what that's supposed to look like. And I don't know if it's the age of the building. I don't know if it's just because it's it's this run-down awful next to some other thing. But anyway, I got so, like, attached to this concept. And, you know, this might be the first time I've ever told you guys about it. So if you've read Periphery, there's a scene where John goes into a bar... Uh, that's shut down. Uh, he kind of pulls the plywood off the door and goes and sits down this broken down old bar. That's that bar. So if you live in Portland, you can go look outside. Next to the porno theater, there's like a broken down, it looks like a VW call or something. VW? No, VFW. VW is a Volkswagen. <laughs> yeah. 
a veterans VFW veterans of foreign war wars or something like that or like a some kind of fraternal organization or some kind of um, military thing. But it's it's closed. I think it says like bingo on the outside, you know, uh, bingo drawings on Saturdays or something, which is weird because apparently every synchronicity has to involve the word bingo. Further up the street, there's a um, this weird kind of curio bookshop thing uh, that might be called Bartleby's Secret Forest. Some variant thereof of those words. And the first time I walked past it, I thought, holy fuck, this is exactly the store I was looking for. I said I wanted to find a weird place. It just seemed like that's where I'm going to meet the person I need to meet. You know, that's where I'm going to meet my guru or, or somebody. Uh, again, sounds weird, but the, the the concept is there, and I keep getting drawn towards it. So if you're a person that leans more towards the quote-unquote rational world, you know, psychologically something was speaking to me. If you're a person a little bit more on the weirdo side of things, you know, synchronicities and, you know, the you know the, the pull of the giant magnet, it was, it was drawing me that way. So, source. And I made a note that I was going to, um, I was going to go there. Now, this is, you know, th this walk, I should keep in mind, is not one that I ever want to go on. I never, you know, it's, it's just kind of occurred to me that one time. It's not like, it's not a walk I like doing because it's, it's boring. There's not really much to look at. It, the street's changed a bit since it's first, my first attempt that way. But anyway, so I made a note. I go online to try to find this shop, and it doesn't exist. You know what's weird? Sorry, I just have to go back a second. I never put it back together that the bar from Periphery that's on that street, also in Periphery, the the John, he finds the... If you ever read the book, essentially it starts off with, we find this guy John, he's looking for a job, finds this weird job listing that uh, in the newspaper, because the, uh, it, the, the uh, business doesn't exist on the internet. So... He has to find it in a phone book. I never put it together that Bartleby's was something that doesn't exist on the internet because I couldn't find a website. I couldn't find a reference to it. So, oh, that's weird because that's ex post facto. That was after I wrote the book. Anyway, so I made a note to try to find it again. I looked for it. I found that somebody was doing a tarot reading there, some uh, professional tarot lady. And I went, oh, that'd be cool. I, you know, I haven't had my tarot read by a professional um, in a long time. And I should let me take a step back there. I mean by someone, a professional that's not someone, you know, I'm close friends with or have their phone number, you know, uh, being the person I am. I, I am friends with other people that, that flip cards. I meant somebody completely unfamiliar with my situation. So I decided to go and there was just this weird run of times where it's just Saturdays. I couldn't make it there. And when the next book comes out, you're under, you'll, you'll know that I stole that and put it in the book because there's a part where there's a string of Saturdays where our character just can't seem to make it to the tarot shop he wants to go to. And... Yeah, I stole that from my life, so that's the one of those things. But in the new book, don't please don't confuse me with the lead character. I'm never the lead character in any of my books. Generally, uh, if you want to know, I'm usually like a second or third string female character, is usually where I write myself in. I, I just it just feels easier that way because I'm I, you know as as somebody that likes to observe, which a lot of writers do, it's always felt weird to write me as a lead character because like I'm. I, yeah, I do observe myself in a mindfulness way, but it just seems odd to write me as the lead. Like, I know the least about what I look like when I walk, or what my hand motions look like, or what my face looks like while I'm talking. It seems strange that I would, you know, a writer would choose himself to pattern the lead character after, you know? Pattern. Lead character after. Pattern. 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 So. 
I never made it to that shop. And as I've been struggling, this is all one story, I swear. This is all going to wrap itself back up, and the day you ma is going to blow your fucking socks off. As I, uh, So, as I've been struggling this time, I've been trying to find a way around things. And I recently went back into talk therapy, which has been... It started off really good. She gave me a lot of really helpful stuff to start, and now it feels like it's in this ebb. And I went into, like, a really dark spot, uh, which sounds a lot more dramatic. But just, you know, my head was going weird. You know, that happens when you're depressed. Um... You know, some people in my life uh, are in a dark spot, and then somebody else, and then, and then it's just, you know, th these things happen. Uh, I've got a weird email from someone, you know, it just, for some reason, the, you know, it's those, the waveform of life sometimes starts going that way. And to me, I think it's the universe trying to speak to you, or it's your subconscious trying to use your superstitious leanings to tell you that you need to change and, you know, capitalizing on that. Either way, something needed to be done. So I was going to talk therapy, I still am, and she was concerned with my progress, that etc, etc. And I am not of the ilk that wants to go on any kind of brain meds. Again, if you listen to the show for a while. Oh, you know, I don't know if I ever talked about it. I was on, I was on uh, Zoloft for a bit while I was on the show, and it was fine. And it just kind of lost its efficacy, felt better, and stopped doing it. And it was good for a while, and now this is kind of the first kind of real run of dark I've had since then. And it's still, it's a lesser run of dark than the last time, so I'm still getting better. It's just one of those things. Hey, sorry, there's a lot of background information, but fuck it, you're listening to the show. No one listens to this show, so you're listening, so listen to me. I decide, because I don't want to go on brain meds, as my therapist was recommending, and I was like, I'll try Reiki. It's the thing I've been talking about, I've talked about it on this show. We had uh, what I thought was a pretty good episode. It certainly wasn't a funny one. Uh, not that it was intended to be funny, but I had that guy Gates on a few episodes back. That was probably a while ago now. And we talked about energy work. And after the show, I forget if I talked about this, but he showed me, he demonstrated Qi, or Qi, Qi energy. Not quite interesting, even though I would love to meet Stephen Fry. So if any of you know Stephen Fry, let's hook this up. I, I just, I, he's kind of like my, he's kind of like spiritually intellectually. I feel like he's my dad. Just don't tell him that I do all the tarot stuff. Like, I, I could, I'll just pretend. It's fine. I don't like pretending. I like being me, which is weird because I don't like me very much. But I like being me. But I'll lie around him because I just, I'm in love with the man. So anyway, Gates was there and he was showing me key. He was trying to demonstrate what key feels like. And he kind of, um, I don't know how to describe it. Basically just rubbed his hands around. Ooh, that was a poor way to describe it. We were standing up fully clothed. And he had me hold my hands kind of, uh, uh, making a, a, an equal sign with my hands, you know, um, like like I'm saying, hey, let's measure two inches, and I'm holding it like that, like two boards. And then he put his hands above mine and kind of, uh, I guess, channeled his energy to try to demonstrate what it feels like. And I did get a a sense of what was going on. I was kind of working on it, and I got to the point that I kind of I got to the point where I could feel some form of energy being manifest, and it kind of felt like this kind of squishy marshmallow energy. Which, I don't know, if anybody's into key practice Qigong or whatever, like, maybe you know what I'm talking about. Um, I didn't mean that, like, if you guys aren't into it, I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, that was one of those ones where, if you know what the fuck I'm talking about, and there's a word for that, yeah, go ahead and pop back in and tell me what it is. So, uh, that was an important thing, and, it, and I, I don't know if I realized how important it was till pretty recently, which I'll get to again. Because demonstration that there is an energy at work was something I really needed. And I, I still need, again, I need... 
as much as I, as much as I'm kind of a weirdo, as much as I like, you know, I am a practicing occultist. Like, you know, I'm a practicing magician. I, I, I do ceremonial work. You know, I, I invent things, invent rituals. Uh, there is there is a large part of me that takes it as metaphor, not takes it as real. And there's a, there there is at times it feels to me that it's like I'm just a scientific person that's kind of playing in in this other world, you know, because I get I you know I get annoyed by the pseudoscience in this community in the in the in the weird kind of psychic. Fortean occult energy work community. I get annoyed when they start quoting science that they don't understand. Because I'm not saying I understand the science, but it's like when you're quoting it from, you know, um, eternalbutterflyenergy.blogspot.com and they say scientists have proven and there's no citation. <laughs> that's that doesn't count you know uh and then you know i i could pop over to like you know google scholar and be like no here's a refutation to that or even snopes sorry um sometimes i i feel like just because there's a lot of those like really wacky people in the community i feel like i'm just kind of like playing in a sandbox and that none of this is actually real it's just kind of it's play which is fine because again psychologically but I used to believe in it a little bit more. I used to have much more of a, I certainly don't want to say faith, but I used to have a much more inclination that what I was doing and what I was capable of was real. You know, when I was younger, and no one can attest to this because I asked her about it pretty recently, we would play gin rummy. And you know, when you're done dealing gin rummy, you flip one card over. And when I was in the right headspace, I could guess that card above statistical average. So if you had to do that 20 times, I probably guessed it like four or five times, which is not, yeah, that doesn't sound that impressive, but when you, when you've got 52 cards to choose from, and I'm guessing, you know, um, you know, card, uh, card and, you know, with card with suit, you know, um, two through ace, or ace through king, whichever way you want to go, significant. And I was confident in that when I was younger. I was really confident that when I could lay down, I could kind of astral project in a way. And not in like, a, I'm going to heaven. I just mean something. You know, either way, the point was I had a, had a, had a faith in it. And I kind of realized until the Gates incident that I'd kind of let myself kind of fall into this kind of, I don't want to say scientific paradigm, but I, I found myself falling into this kind of rational paradigm where I was seeing the stuff that I was doing as fun Fun's the wrong word, but as as play, as as metaphor, less than as something that there is reality behind it, and that the you know um, butterfly crystal um, yoga chick forty three dot blogspot dot com isn't all of us. There's a lot of like really smart, educated people that are into this, you know, doctorates and shit. So anyway, he showed me key, and I, and it gave me. A little bit of that thing. And I was I was playing with it. And again, I got to the point where, and this happens to me a lot with any kind of like meditative spiritual work. I got to the point where it's, I could start to feel it and I could start to kind of use it, quote unquote, control it, quote unquote, you know, uh, whatever it is, you know, access is probably the best word. And then I kind of run into this, this veil, the same as that blockage for writing. Same thing that happens when we try to astral project now. I, 
you know, I just get to this point where I like just almost feel like I'm there, but I can't. I, anytime I try to like have any kind of contact with something outside of myself, it feels like yeah, I'm almost there. Like when I had that Sekhmet um, thing, it was like on the, it was just, it was like the tip of my tongue. Like it was, oh, I almost, it was, you know, to remember a word, it's like on the tip of your tongue. Uh, the phrase is lethologica, by the way. If you're trying to remember a word you can't think of, lethologica. But this is one of those words like, oh, I know something and it's right there and I just can't quite get to it. And so the key thing, she, he, qui, whatever. She gets to the point where I kind of blocked again and then it's not quite there and I can't, and it start to get frustrated. And meditation does that too, where I, I kind of can't quite get in a full meditative state and just chanting lately too has been that way. So anyway. But since he showed me that, I had this, my faith was renewed a little bit. I hate the word faith, but it's, it's the, I, I hate what faith is attached to, but it is the best word for it, which is why that song's been stuck in my head. Not the head, shoulders, knees, and toes. There's no faith for that. Um, I'm reasonably aware of head, shoulders, knees, and toes because I, I, I can walk, I can move my arms, and, and I feel my shoulders, and, and if I didn't have a head, I wouldn't be talking. So as far as I know, I exist. I know I've had shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes. But having faith is a little bit different. So I decided to go to Reiki, uh, which I've been trying to do for a while. Actually, I was trying to, when I got Gates on the show, I was trying to have a Reiki practitioner on the show, or some kind of... What I really want is an energetic diagnostician, which I don't even know if that's a thing. But I want somebody that can... Uh, lay their hands upon my auric field or psychically reach down into my past, find those pains and those flaws and the way that my energetic system is being blocked up and just kind of pluck it out or smooth it out or, 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 you know, use a vacuum to, to just, you know, I want, I want clarity. I want to know what's wrong and, or I want to go, I want them to know, oh, well, you have to focus on your, your root chakra. You have to focus on your heart chakra. You have to focus on your throat chakra, your crown chakra. You have to, you have to uh, do lotus position more often. Just something to focus on. That's what I want, a diagnostician. But So if anybody out there knows one, hook me up. So anyway, but since I couldn't find one of those, I went to Reiki. And we're trying to go to Reiki for a while. And I couldn't find anybody that was close enough because I don't have a car. And, um, well, frankly, and I, well, I work every day. I don't have a car, so it's just annoying to, to try to arrange stuff. And I'm a person that... Uh, I don't like not showing up to things. I don't miss appointments, but I also don't, um, very nervous about stuff and I don't like going to things. So it takes a lot for me to click that confirmation button. So I need to find a place close. I need to blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. If I'm saying I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I emailed this lady a bit ago and she never got back to me, but I emailed her through one of those forms on the website. And most of the time when you email someone through a form on a website, it never works. At least in my experience. Or maybe people can just tell I'm weird from, from emails. And then they don't write back. But continue to struggle after sending that email. And trying to find some way out. And I was realizing that like kind of the one kind of... There's like a few spots in my life that actually are working. That are that do well. But then it's like when everything else starts going weird. I start leaning on that too much. And then that starts getting... You know, you're like, oh, you're straining that. So it's like... Um, you know, if you have, if you have, you know, a broken leg or a sprained leg, you start, you know, leaning heavily on the other one. So you can stress that out. Yeah. You know, I didn't need to explain that. You guys understand how, how, you know, physics work. This was a stupid thing to go into and very sorry. And I'll fall ritually on my sword. So I found a Reiki practitioner 
and I called the one after a few weeks that I had emailed. And because I said, you know, finally, all right, let's do this. I'm ready for it. I, I barely have the money to do it. It was, you know, but I was just to the point that because I had that small amount of faith from Gates being in and, you know, needed some kind of help. So onward and upwards. So I called him. The lady's voice was comforting, which is not a that, that's not a feeling I'm terribly familiar with. There's very few things that are comforting to me in this world. Mostly it's, you know, uh, scotch. <laughs> um, it's uh, finding finding a finding a, a TV show or movie that's engrossing enough that I can be distracted from myself for a little while. That's you know that's the closest thing to comfort. Uh, and then you know. Uh, this is me vacillating, but, uh, and then certain, you know, um, certain, you know, people that are comfortable in your life too, in that way. So her voice was comfortable. So I was like, I am. And I was said, you know, I want to go try Reiki, blah, blah, blah. And we made the appointment and I go and I went yesterday after work. And I have had a... How much of this do I need to explain? In tarot, um, lately, past year or so, pretty much since the math thing, anybody that's done a reading for me has picked up on the fact that there's kind of... Um, that I have powerful allies, that there are forces on my side. That I'm, that I am, I am in fact to get better. I am in fact to thrive and to do great things in this world. Maybe not great things. No one said that, but you know, <laughs> something along those lines. So, um, that's a key point. But part of it was, uh, you know, trying to find some way to kind of connect to that, you know, get back to my energetic state, find faith, whatever the phrase is, you know, those things I was talking about before, uh, when I said, trust me, this is all going to going somewhere. So I'm not a, I'm not a person that, um, I don't find, uh, optimism all that all that easy for me um which really enough is i, I kind of am like an optimistic person it's just i've i've mostly i've mostly failed at everything so there's a certain amount of there's a certain amount of uh math behind my not being optimistic behind my you know pessimism so uh, it's a combination of, you know, trying to be guarded so I don't get hurt when it doesn't work, you know, because I'm kind of running out of options here, so. But it was, uh, I guess, cautiously optimistic is the phrase that people would use if they didn't have, you know, decades of um, soul-crushing depression still weighing in on them in their every statement. So, if you're sitting there uh, judging me for how long it's taken me to get to a point, well, sorry that you fucking came out after, you know, came out of your mom with a, on a fucking rainbow slide. You know, just, wee, I'm coming out of a pussy. Oh, yay, I've been incarnated onto Earth and everything's perfect. Oh, yeah, I got sad once when my dog died. I understand what depression's like. So, yeah, fuck you, fuck stick. I'm kidding. I'm just, obviously I'm a little jealous. It'd be nice. I would like to slide out of a vagina rainbow just once. Um, everything about what I just said was terrible. So I went to, um, so I went to Reiki yesterday. Um... The place smelled right. I missed some really e 
obvious, obvious signs on the way in. And that's, that's, imp- I just, I'm saying that now. So when I, when I get to later, you'll, you'll know for the circle back. And I walked up and, um, the lady seemed nice. And we sat down and started talking about, you know, what we're trying to do. And I had this feeling of, I guess just on a certain level that like this person has the capability of understanding me uh, on a, on an energetic level, which I'm so uncomfortable saying that right now, but um, something like that, that, you know, like I just, I just felt like, all right, you know what, this probably isn't a waste of time. So we're talking and yeah, I noted, I didn't notice some other things. I'll get to that in a minute. So, I lay on the table, and I'm terrifically uncomfortable with this. Um, I don't, it's just the idea is strange to me still. Um, I don't really like laying on my back, um, mostly because of sleep apnea, but also, it just, it's, I don't know, there's someone in the room and you're lying on your back, it's just such a, I don't know, I just feel like I'm going to get stabbed. It's probably because of my past life. I was a monk that got stabbed in the chest and or had a heart attack, but that's from a different episode. Uh, that was during a past life regression that no one heard, except for one person, maybe. That was a really weird aside, sorry, let, let, forget I said that. So, I laid down and she started to do Reiki stuff. Waved a feather over me. Um did that plucking motion and trying to like pluck out stuff from the auric field, which is weird. Cause I sort of know how to do that on other people. Um, I know what the, the motion does. I kind of get the idea. I've actually tried to perform it once and I think it sort of worked for a second, but you know, kind of cleansing thing. And, um, I made reference anyway. So when I was talking, I should go back. When I was talking to her, I felt like really open. It was weird. I felt more open with her than I did with my fucking talk therapist, which is odd. Yeah, you know, it's not something that would, not something that would, um, I I would have expected. I mean, I do. I am rather open with people, but it was just a strange, strange thing. So, but I'd referenced the Sekhmet thing to her, and she said, you know, we might call upon the Sekhmet thing. So I was looking up on the ceiling and the ceiling when I was laying down. So the ceiling had, um, draped, uh, you know, curtains kind of draped down with white Christmas lights, fairy lights, as you would call them in England. Hi, Eden. Um, and there's uh, a big, there's a, like twigs, uh, like a tree shape that, uh, holding kind of, um, not globes, but tiny balls of, uh, tiny bulb lights, but spherical spheres. Again, if you read Periphery, you know what that is. So, I was laying down and get, trying to get into, like, a really relaxed place, and which is difficult for me. And I swear at one point I saw sand dunes on this uh, on the curtains that were laying down. And at one point I thought I saw the, the side face of a lioness, which is Sekhmet. And I was like, that's weird. And I kind of... I was feeling myself kind of fade in and out a little bit. Like, not, not like in, like, a kind of pure, like, awake meditative state. And, yeah, so eventually I kind of got to the point that I finally got to, like, close my eyes and kind of relax fully and try to, like, kind of accept the state. I was really trying to, like, be open. I was trying to, like, make sure not to close up with this lady. I just, I wanted to, 
have whatever needs to be taken out, taken out. I wanted to have whatever needs to be taken in, put in. I just, you know, I was trying to be in the moment. And I really closed my eyes. I kept having, though, in other word, visions, you know, the same as like when I, when I intuited the Merkaba, um, a few years ago, again, um, listen to previous shows. I've mentioned it too much. And the Sekhmet thing. And I heard phrases. And some I couldn't hold on to. I was trying to remember one. I don't remember it. But it was a phrase, much like when I heard Merkaba. There was a phrase that was in my head that it, but I, I couldn't hold on to it. And there's a few other things, but I just, it, none of, but they were slipping. It was weird, but we we're talking about it afterwards. That it's like the stuff that stays, stays, you know, that it's just something, you know, that's just what I needed to pull back from it. The thing I needed to pull back, but so she had her hand on my, um, um, the space where like your clavicle, where like your two bones meet, like when you're leading into like that center part of your rib cage. And I got the, just this, not voice, but the, the, the phrase, that's how you spin it in my head. And I had the image of, and I kind of, I didn't realize it till afterwards, but I sort of did. I had the image of like, kind of like a box within a box. Um, I mean, there's a Merkaba, but with, um, a spindle coming out of the left side and it was green and I think it turned from another color but I heard that's how you spin this is how you spin it like that was the demonstration like like that's you know so I think that's like what I have to practice later in my meditative work so it's it's a very it's a poignant thing another thing I got out of it was she had her hands behind standing behind me and um had her hand like kind of uh, on my head uh, you know under under the back of my head like and I just kind of felt like a shift in color, like to this kind of sludgy purple, which is weird. That's not a, I kept feeling like a lot of color shifts, which people that like kind of say they sense auras or like can see chakras often, you know, talk about the color of it. So that was weird. This first time I ever really kind of got a, not the first time, but that was the, I don't know. I just, I feel like I kind of started to get a grasp on something that I've kind of known for a while, but I'm starting to get like a feel of it, but yeah. So that happened. And then, um, yeah. And then, you know, it's pretty much Reiki stuff, Reiki stuff, Reiki stuff. We're done. I sit up and I looked to my left and I realized that directly in front of where I was sitting when I first came in is a poster of two two crows or ravens sitting on a branch one with a crown on in this kind of big tree and as we talked about on the show many times the whole corvid thing that's like kind of my i don't know spirit animal if you will but like i'm kind of obsessed by them but my friend mel who reads tower for me often uh she wants to start like a thing and it's i'm, I'm giving no details but there's refer that's a direct reference to something that she's doing and she was the one i was talking to about this a little bit so that was weird. And I was like, how the fuck did I not see that on the way in? It was just kind of weird. Um, we kind of sat down and talked about the after stuff. And it kind of, like, I just felt like, I don't know, I kind of felt like high for a second. I, I was feeling sick during parts of it, too, like, which I think was probably a good sign. And um, so I sat down, and, and it was weird because she kind of got the idea. Like, she kind of got, like, we were talking about not to go into too much detail, but she got that idea that, like, you know, there's powerful forces on my side. You know, there's you know, the work I've done is leading somewhere like this is like, I'm about to be on that journey, which is, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before, but that's all I'm giving you guys. Um, um, you know, it's, it's like, this is a combination of embarrassing or like too much to talk about, but, um, 
that's sort of the idea. So, it was neat to have somebody that I don't know pick up on that or say it. And the especially gratifying thing is I was talking about, like, wanting to go again. Actually, I mentioned the, the writing a book, and I, I have to remember to email her a PDF, because it just, whatever, it's just, it's details, 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 synchronicities. If you guys aren't in the spiritual world, um, the only thing I'd say, like, to start a spiritual path is when you start having inclinations towards something, follow your inclinations and, um, not, like, don't, don't act rashly. Like, don't, um, you know, don't pick up and move somewhere on a whim. You know, don't do life changes. Like, you know, I, I do believe in thinking about major decisions, but, um, little things like that, you're like, oh, you know, that person might like, and, you know, little tiny things I, I think or you should act on. I think those are important things to pay attention to. And then synchronicities pay attention to, because I think the more synchronicities that are happening in your life, the more you're on the path. It's just, and a lot of people will tell you that. But anyway, cycling back. Um, at the center of the book, because we're talking about it a little bit. But um, she said, I was like, uh, you know, we're kind of reference going again. She said, well, you know, you'll know when you want to come back. You know, you'll um, you'll know when you're ready for another one. And I was like, oh, fuck, that was cool. Like, I, it just, it wasn't, that was not the answer I was expecting. Um the the low self-esteem person in me made me think immediately like, oh God, she must have really hated me. But I'd taken a shower right before I came, so I didn't, and all my clothes were clean, so I was pretty sure it wasn't an odor issue. Um, <laughs> then I, uh, I cycled back to, you know, that was cool. Like, you know, it could be a, you know, let's start seeing, you know, once a month or something, but she said, you know, I'll know when I'm ready. And I don't know, I just, that was important. And, um, yeah, I'll tell you guys about this. So, because, I mean, she's sort of been referenced on the, yeah, I mean, she's been referenced on the show before. I, um, uh, so I got out of Reiki and I was walking down the street and, oh, so I was walking out of, um, Reiki and, uh, I was going to like the landing, it's in a house on the, like the third floor. And I see on the landing that there's a uh, kind of pseudo prayer flags. And I was, it was the room I, st I studied the room and I walked in. I, I mean, not studied, but I kind of looked around a little bit. First prayer flag is a fucking Merkaba, like, right on it, or, or, or there's some kind of sacred geometry symbol, I think it was a Merkaba, I was still kind of in a floaty headspace, but I was like, oh yeah, of course I didn't notice that, like, and I didn't notice the, the tree and the ravens, and the, so I go down outside, and I'm like, oh, this is, this is so odd, and then I realized, I'm, I'm in the neighborhood, I'm f fucking five blocks from the bookstore I was telling you guys about, I had to walk by the porno theater, the old broken down porno theater I was telling you about, like, the, the the place I had been drawn to for all those times, like this this weird nexus of energy, was there. Th th this is the spot. I was like, ah, oh, what the fuck is that? So I, now I'm kind of annoyed because now that I realize it's like, oh, I have to ask her about it, uh, you know, next time I go. But it's weird because I don't feel like going again. But anyway, I walk out and I, again, I I, I hate committing to stuff like this. Not I hate, but I I'm nervous because you know nothing ever goes right in my life. You know, as referenced before, I haven't sold a fucking book in two months. <laughs> like, I, you know, I'm not a successful man when it comes to anything. So, but I, uh, I walked outside and I was like, fuck, I felt pretty good. Like, there's kind of a, if you guys know ASMR, which I'm not going to describe, but like, I was getting kind of that and I was, I'm kind of getting it right now just thinking about it. And like, there's like kind of the spot on my back feels like, lighter like i just feel like there's like a, a a bit of a weight lifted that yeah so i got out and i checked my messages and i had a voice note from my lady friend and 
uh, you know, as I said, I don't go into details about our life on the show. It's just, you know, it's it's just, you know, look, I got to keep some stuff to myself, but I can't even describe the elation I felt hearing her voice. Like, it was just, I had, it was like joyful. And I don't know that I really know joy that well. Like, it's not a, not something I'm accustomed to. Like, I'm really, like, I know a lot about introspection. I know a lot about, like, nuanced understanding of depression and observation. But joy and all those good things, um, I don't know what ecstasy feels like other than being on ecstasy, you know. Um, I, I was like, man, this is, like, joyous. I was like, this is fucking great. Like, wh like what a great voice. Like, what a great thing to have on my phone. And I was just so fucking happy. And, but saying I was so fucking happy is just even a weird phrase for me because it's just... It's so outside my normal Ken. It's so outside my normal, you know, way of being. And, um, yeah, so I end up giving her a call, and, yeah, that's all the details I go into, but, uh, we, we, yeah, it was just, it was good. And I was like, fuck, it worked. Like, I, you know, I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I just felt good, so. Um, today, uh, I had a bit of a rough morning, uh, just life stuff, nothing, you know, nothing specific, just, you know, uh, you know, late for work kind of stuff, you know, uh, uh, bad news from a friend, that sort of thing, you know, just nothing, you know, whatever, just normal life stuff, you know, and as I was dealing with that, I was, you know, I was pretty sad because, you know, some, you know, I was just, I was like, I was like, it was just stuff that would make a normal person sad, but I realized like, oh, I would have been much worse if this had happened yesterday morning, you know, like, I just felt like I was like kind of capable of it. And I kind of bounced back a little. I'm like, you know, I still feel pretty good. Like I was really tired today just because I don't get a lot of sleep in my life. But I'm like, man, I have some energy and I just, I, I just feel like it was like a, I mean, I just feel like it worked, you know? And I don't like, I, I, I don't know how to handle this. <laughs> you know, I don't know how to handle um, something working, you know, uh, so it's, it's an odd thing. So I'm very hesitant. So long way around, um, yeah, I kept getting drawn to that neighborhood and I found it. So, but now I don't know what to do. I think I have to go into that store, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do there. I think I'll just go in, I guess. There's, in Portland, there's these little libraries all over the place, these little kind of, um, they kind of, they either look like a birdhouse or a random cabinet, um, in, in neighborhoods, and my neighborhood has one, and I've been thinking about dropping off a copy of Periphery in there for the longest time, just because, um, I was supposed to meet up with someone a while ago in this neighborhood, um, they were having a little bit of a get-together, meet-your-neighbors kind of thing, and... Uh, there was someone I was supposed to meet there, and I didn't... Not that I was supposed to meet, that person barely thought... That no one really expected me to show up. But I didn't, because I was socially awkward. And I knew that that was a mistake. I missed I missed my opportunity. And I've been having this feeling that, like, something to do with me, like, kind of giving a book to this neighborhood is, like, you know, important. So I dropped one off in the in that little library, and, like, the next day I noticed it was gone. Um, I'm hoping that's a good thing, that someone's actually reading it, but... uh I just I have this strange feeling that I'm supposed to, you know, I don't know, bring a book to there or or something. I don't know. But it just feels like that's one of these things that, like, that one I haven't missed. Like, that just the time wasn't right. I'm kind of curious if tomorrow the time's right. 
you know, but I guess I'll find out. So there's that. I don't, um, I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. So that's where I am struggling with books. And I had, I had a good Reiki session yesterday and I just feel like, uh, yeah, I just feel like that was, it was just for the first time in a while, um, I felt like I kind of made the right move, uh, even though it goes against, you know, like I shouldn't have spent that money. Um, I'm trying to save for something that I'm not going to tell you guys about, but, uh, it was worth it. And it's just weird to kind of spend money on me in, in a, in a positive way and like feel like it was worth it in the end, you know, if that, if that tracks. Yeah. So that's that. <clears throat> I've been, uh, <clears throat> pardon me. I've been, um, I can take a sip of this. Uh, oh, I didn't tell you guys. I'm drinking Zevia, zero calorie soda, black cherry flavored, because I used to tell everybody what I was drinking every episode. That was, um, close to four years ago, um, coming up on the four year anniversary. So, cheesy crazy. Um, I really have to go through and cut all these ums out. I think when I started to talk about Reiki, there might not be that many. And if you don't hear a lot of ums, it's because I went back and cut out some. There's a metaphysical fair that happens in Lad's Edition. I found it on meetup.com. I was in an attempt to try to get a social group outside of my lady friend. I went to meetup to try to, you know, find meetups to maybe, you know, find like-minded individuals. Because... Well, frankly, the only people I ever talked to are on the podcast, and most of that's over Skype, and real-life friends would be good. So, that was tonight I was supposed to go, but this is one of those ones I missed out on, because it turns out there's the two a month, so I'm going to go to the next one, or the one after that, depending, you know, purely time-based, because next month I'm going to New Jersey for a bit, so if it's not on that weekend, I'm going to go next month. So, telling you guys that, so if anybody in Portland is listening to this, and you're somebody that's planning on attending, you know, get in touch. Uh, write to alexcast at gmail.com. Because uh, I'm not saying we meet up there or whatever, but maybe we do. I don't know. The, the point is meetup.com. But I don't think I have anybody that listens in Portland anymore. I don't have um, my old my old tracker used to say where people listened from. And it used to be a whole bunch of Portland and a whole bunch of England around the London, London-ish area. And then, you know, scatter shot around the rest of the world. But those were, uh, for some reason, those were the hot spots of listening. Oh, and then kind of northern New Jersey, New York area. But that's where I came from. So I think that's just kind of residue of people that probably just subscribed on iTunes and never actually listened. But, yeah, I don't know how many people listen in Portland. So, hi, my name's Alex. I'm rambling. On that note... If you are listening and you like the show, especially, I mean, you have to like the show if you're, if you're this far into it, go to, if you listen on iTunes, if you have an iPhone and you have like an i account or whatever the hell you call it, if you could leave a review for the show, uh, it's like a good one, you know, like leave five stars and say like, Hey Alex, this is a great show. Thank you for putting it out or something along those lines. It helps me on rankings and I would like the show to, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a lot easier it's it's a lot harder <clears throat> when you're uh, to not do the show. You know, if I'm in a struggling moment and I like just don't feel the energy, it's a lot harder to not do the show when my numbers are going up, <laughs> when my numbers are going down, which they've been the past six months or so. Um, 
that's not true. Six months. What a, I'm an exaggerating piece of crap. The last year and a half, um, <clears throat> I had this really big peak and then it's kind of been slowly but surely going down, which is fine. I get that. I think that's just the way it works is that like, I think I need another injection of new listeners and then it'd go, you know, I think it's just, I just haven't had that new injection in a while. So, but anyway, um, it's a lot easier for me to do the show more because it's, you know, it feels like it's not, it's not like you're screaming into the wind. You know, it's, oh, this is, you know, humans are hearing this. So anyway, subscribe on iTunes, leave reviews. That helps my ranking. And, um, you know, I can get more people to listen. More people to listen, the more I want to do it. The more I want to do it, the more episodes I do. If you like the show, this is a thing that helps you. Also on that note, go to alexcast.com. Um, click the Amazon link before you shop on Amazon. That's very important. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very poor. So that helps a lot. I know every podcast asks for that, but you know, if you can remember, that'd be really super helpful. It doesn't cost you any extra money and it's, you know, it's that little bit helps me a lot. Also, there's a link to Audible. If you want a free audiobook, all you do is sign up and then um, you get a free audiobook that you can keep and then cancel within the first 30 days. And I get 15 bucks for that. So if you haven't done that already, I think you can just sign up with your Amazon account, actually. Like just, just click the Audible link, sign up, get your free audiobook, and then just make sure to cancel within the first 30 days. You don't get charged any money and I get, I get loot. I think you should probably, if you like the audiobook, like keep listening um, to, to new and better audiobooks as, as it goes on after that 30 days expires. But that first part is important because I get $15. So if all of you did that, I could have like, uh, I could have like a whole bunch of money and I'd be like, yay, I have money. Look at me. And I'm going to do like a jaunty little dance. I think that's all the money begging I need to do now. I'm not actually begging for money. I'm just kind of pointing out that while you're on AlexCast, you can do that. Um, that wasn't why I started to talk about AlexCast, though. Why was I telling you to go there? Oh, um, oh, that was a stupid thing for me to do anyway. Um, AlexCast at gmail.com is where you're, you can email me. You can find me on Twitter at the AlexCast. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash AlexCast. But uh, the Facebook is just, I mean, whatever. It's just there. It's just some people like Facebook. Um, but alexcast.gmail.com, if you want to ask me questions, I really like answering listener questions. It's, it makes doing the solo show super easy. So if you have any, I would love to do an episode of just advice. Cause I think it'd be funny. Um, I do, I'm, I'm actually quite good at giving advice on stuff I know about. And then if you write to me about stuff, I have no fucking idea about, I'm sure it will be funny. Like I'm pretty sure Alex's parenting advice would be quite amusing. Um, though I could probably actually reasonably figure out what would be good parenting advice but i doubt i'd go that way and i'd probably just say horrible things and everybody can have a laugh and we were like hey alex is making us laugh instead of telling a long rambling story about going to reiki like every other fucking person does but doesn't have to waste 50 minutes of our life so i really like listener questions to make the solo shows go easier i want to thank 14 writer for writing in this question that i'm not going to read this episode but you are in the folder of uh that says show stuff I will get to your thing. It just, uh, this episode's already long, so uh, it would take me a while to answer that one. But thank you. Everybody find 14 Writer on Twitter. F-O-R-T-E-A-N-W-R-I-T-E-R. That's Martin J. Clemens. He's from Paranormal People Online. He's a wonderful man. He bumped uh, the article I wrote for him about chaos magic on his site. He bumped that to, like, the front page. And lately, he's had a bunch of traffic because he was a fucking George Norrie of Coast to Coast fame. Uh, fucking reference him. I mean... If you're in the 14 community, that's that's pretty fucking top-notch badass. So anyway, Martin, I will get to your thing. At Hergelderf asked me, that's Andy, he's been on the show, H-U-R-G-L-E-D-U-R-F. He was actually my co-host versus um, uh, 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 BCX Radio when the, he did the 
uh, co-host Ageddon, which I referenced on the show. Our episode is not out yet, but you'll hear us together. He asked me, spaghetti. Yes, Andy, that is a word, and that is how you spell it. Thank you. Last Bone Stands, that's from the Whatcast, asked me raccoons and why they are so awesome. Now, the reason this is amusing and I'm reading it is I was, the night before this question was asked, and I was supposed to record the show the other night, in a conversation about raccoons. Now, this conversation essentially went like this. I was talking to uh, a a young lady and her lady friend uh, that I'm friends with, and she was talking about how there's this big raccoon that uh, often frightens them uh, whilst she's outside smoking cigarettes on her porch. I made the claim that I could beat the shit out of any raccoon in a fight. She said, no. Now, I think that's impossible. I, I think this is just absurd. I'm, I'm, I'm a vegetarian. I don't want to hurt an animal. I don't. I want no animal suffering to be caused by my life. However, in, in a, this theoretical world that we're living in, you know, this is me versus a raccoon in, you know, in a cage, just WWF style cage, not like, not, you know, it's in a cage and I'm outside of the cage. Then, you know, I could beat any animal in a fight if it's inside of a cage, you know, assuming the cage is strong enough to house the animal. So just me versus that one raccoon. Yeah, I've, I've dominated. As long as I have some form of footwear on that's not open toed. Yeah, I've stomp. I, I, what's the biggest raccoon? What, 50 pounds? I mean, yeah, like, it's got claws and stuff. I mean, sure, like, sure, I'm not saying that there's not a raccoon that couldn't, you know, get a get a bite in or get a scratch in, but, like, I'd fucking dominate a raccoon. I, it's just, it, it's an absurd thing. I'm, I'm six foot one. I'm I, Even though I've been losing a bunch of weight, I'm still well over 200 pounds. I could beat the shit out of a raccoon. Absurd that anybody asked that question. So anyway, raccoons and why they are so awesome. Raccoons are awesome because I can beat them all in a fight. And they're kind of cute, and they look like a robbers with their little mass, little, little domino mass. Oh, I'm a little raccoon. I'm asked by emailer that specifically said, do not read my email. He sent me, or she sent me, because definitely not a dude, <laughs> sent me a list of like, uh, I don't know, 20 questions or something like that, uh, it, it, with a really, really snarky <laughs> opening paragraph saying, um, could you please shut the fuck up about people asking questions on the show here? Uh, I think I've read a couple of these before, but um, let's do this one. Favorite movie featuring a professional wrestler. This is, this is up there with how do you know that we exist? Kojido ergo sum. What happens after we die? Um, what is morality? What makes it true? Uh, how, how do you live a good life in a world that seems to, um, reward people that don't live in a good way it's up there with the greatest questions that have ever been asked and i thank you for it mm, i'm probably gonna go with they live which i believe was john carpenter starring the great rowdy rowdy piper yeah, that's probably the only one I I would actually be able to say, like, I like that movie, like, legitimately. Yeah, it's campy, it's super 80s, and I'm sure it doesn't hold up as well as, you know, but I remember it fondly. Very fun movie. I was tempted to say um, Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze because um, 
Terry Funk is in that. And that's funny. Uh, it's a terrible movie, but it's like amusingly terrible. Is there any other good ones that have a wrestler in it? Hogan was never in a good one, right? Yeah, I mean, Rocky... Th no, Rocky Three was terrible, but it was... Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's just about it. Macho Man was never... Oh, Macho Man was in the first Spider-Man. That was good with, with Toby what's it, McGuire. I like that one. What? I know The Rock's been a few. I don't think I really liked any of those. I'm trying to think of, like, famous... Vampiro was in Big Money Hustlers, and that's, like, the worst movie ever made. Mick Foley's been a bunch. I think he was also in that. Yeah, I'll just go with They Live, because I've thought about this for way too long. But thank you very much for writing that question. Um, yeah, and that just about does it. What a, um... I kind of wish I hadn't done that one. No offense to you, dude. I, I or ma'am, dude, ma'am. I forget what I. Whatever. I just. I didn't say your name, so shut up. Um, I have been Alex, and this has been a show. I don't really know what the fuck I just said. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was amazing. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is probably the best podcast that's ever been recorded. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and put that on. Put that on record. Yeah. Best podcast ever. From me to you. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, I'll do a quick one in the beginning, but please go to facebook.com slash thestandardpdx. They are celebrating their seven-year anniversary tonight. And yeah, make sure to like them, because they're sponsored of the show. And I love that bar. I love the people there. And I love that they sponsor my show, because, well, uh, that's it. Those things. Yay for the standard. 14 Northeast 22nd. Facebook.com slash the standard PDX. And I'll probably put something in the beginning for that. And yeah, that's about it. So what the hell is, is there something? I really feel like I'm forgetting something I'm supposed to tell you. Um, oh, okay. This is purely a visual one. I'm, I will remember this. I have it open in a tab right now and I don't have any other links to put. I found from brainpickings.org a thing that says a visual alphabet dictionary of unusual words. And these are fucking beautiful, beautiful, uh, uh, I guess, paintings, illustrations, um, visual interpretations of words. It's so fucking beautiful. I, I, I couldn't love these more. So I'm, I'm going to put a link to this. It's going to be great. I really want you to check it out. So alexcast.com, just click the show name and in the notes. I always talk about every episode in the show notes. I talk about what I talked about in the show. So this one uh, will have that with that link and it'll be good. And it'll be a link to the standard and where you can find my books and all that kind of stuff. And these good things. That wasn't what I was trying to remember, but I, I don't know. That's I really feel like that's about the end of it. Um. Yeah, I think that's all I'm going to tell you about for now. Save the rest of it for tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, and Chris Reddy asked me a good question, and I'll get to that one next time. I'll put that. That would be a good finish to after Martin J. Clemens' question. Because um, his Martin J. Clemens' question is of a serious nature, and Mr. Chris Reddy of Loudest Geeks in the Room, uh, I think that's the name of his show still. That's not that I don't know his show, it's just... 
Speeding Bullets is it's maybe the name now. I, I don't know how many he still does or whatever. Just find Chris Reddy, at Chris Reddy uh, on Twitter, uh, C-H-R-I-S-R-E-D-D-I-E. I will answer his question next week. I just got, I got so excited. I saw, I have I, my phone, the little button on the bottom turns green when I have a, um, filling screen when I have a text message come in. And, um, I was desperately wanting one right now, but, uh, uh, it just, it also turns a solid green when it is done charging, which was kind of bullshit of them at that moment. Cause frankly, I feel, I feel, uh, I feel a bit of a fool because I went <gasps> and then nothing, nothing at all. Mother effers. Yeah, okay, I'm done talking. Thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you for staying with the show for all this time. I'm debating doing a four-year anniversary show, um, or maybe I'll do a 200th episode special. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. So, uh, I don't even know what episode we're on. The problem is both of these... Whatever, we'll get to it eventually. So, yeah, all right. So, I want to do something uh, next, 10 days from now. September 29th is a Monday, is my birthday. I'm turning 34 years old. And I'm admitting that to you guys now. The reason I was saying that is I don't have a social group. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I'm kind of, you know, a bit of a loner. So, if you guys have listened to this much rambling, it must mean you're fond of me. So remember me on the 29th and wish me a happy birthday. Just put it in the notes on your PayPal donation. Just go happy birthday. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. I'm a dick. Okay. Uh, I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this I don't know if this was a good episode. I, I have no fucking idea anymore. But I really appreciate you guys listening. Um, thank you for um, dealing with me being a weirdo and, um, you know listening to this kind of uh, I might be hopeful nonsense yeah so good I wish I could think of something really clever to end with but I won't maybe I'll throw a song on in the end I haven't done that for a while okay cool well um love you guys uh and thank you uh, very much um yes so that has been it um it'll be less than a month and I'll see you so namaste and be good
saddle 